You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For July 20th, 2021, a special treat for you. Today we have a two-episode series with good friend of the program, one of our favorites, Jake and myself, Steve Bartle of Ute Zone, also of the It's Utah's World podcast with KSL, joins me as Jake is still out of town. He'll be out of town for the week, so we'll bring in some some good old friends and some guests throughout the week here. Uh, but this was a very fun conversation with Steve. We're going to break it up into two episodes. First episode is going to be a lot of recruiting talk. We talk early about the class that Utah's assembled, how they're going through it, uh, you know, how they're are they striking out more than they're hitting home runs, or or how is it looking? And then we talk a little bit about uh, where they're going to go forward, what they need to look for a little bit more, and then we ask Steve to kind of give us his rundown of how he would go about building this class in the COVID crunch era. So without further ado, this is the Locked On Utes podcast for July 20th, 2021. Today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast is brought to us by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome back to the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is it Locked On Utes or is it Blocked On Utes? I don't know. We've got a special guest in the house. This one's been in the works for way too long. The timing was perfect. Jake is away. So the block cast will play at least two-thirds of it. The man, the myth, the legend, the great one, the FTB joining me tonight, Steve Bartle. Steve, thank you Woo! so much. Oh, <laughs> man. Feels good. Felt good. good, man. Just hearing you say that, the Blocked On Utes. I love it. It's good to be here on the Locked On Utes Podcast Network, man. I, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been fun watching you uh, evolve as a <laughs> podcaster, man. You've, you've, uh, you've become a man of many podcasts. It's been impressive. Uh, you've spread your wings. I'm so proud. The, the broadcast is still hanging on by a thread, but uh, it's uh, it's awesome to see you spread your wings and fly, my man. The heartbeat blips across the screen every now and then with the broadcast. Uh, however, <laughs> however, we've come a long way since me having to awkwardly stumble in and out of breaks on the radio. It's been it's been fun to try some different things out, but as you well know, and as everybody out there will understand uh from t- today's episode things are just better when we're together cue the jack johnson i'll start playing the guitar the sappy little better when we're together uh too much too much in sync but we're gonna actually talk about some things that are related to utah football for once um Sometimes you never knew with the broadcast if we were ever going to get to it. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you are, and, and I mean this 
with no disrespect whatsoever, you are without a doubt the uh, best recruiting expert in the state, maybe the western half of the country in our genre, the media. And I've mentioned this to multiple people as well. You might be better at recruiting than some of the people who actually work for schools. So I figured we would start there because it's (laughs) – don't do this to me. Okay, Brian. Not today. Not today. Uh, But I figured we would start there. We're going to jump into it and and just talk about recruiting. So the first question I have for you, as you look at the class so far, we know that what's in there is good, right? We we know that these are good, talented uh, recruits. I love Zion Steptoe. Obviously, Nate Johnson, the whole world is falling in love with him. That's a massive, massive get. Just got bumped up to his four-star composite. Uh, the class is filling out nicely, and and I I truly do like every single one of these recruits. My question for you is this, though: if you're gauging Utah's strikeout rate so far in recruiting, how is their average looking? Are they getting the guys that they they want? Uh, with the misses, are they getting more misses than they'd like, or are they kind of where they need to be at this point in the process? Well, Brian, I, I think, you know, that's such a good question. And it's it's important to keep in mind that this is very early in the process still. We are just getting in midway through July. And so, um, you know, typically Utah, uh, I should say traditionally, Utah has made a, a, a good summer push over the last few years where they've been able to secure some commitments in the month of June and July. And so they've done that again this year. And I think the interesting thing here is, you know, they only have six commits in the class, but I can't remember being this excited, optimistic about the guys that they have this early, right? Um, Nate Johnson was the the big win last month. He uh, was a, a, he's a dual threat quarterback, 10-4, 10-5, 100-meter times, uh, long jump competitor as well. All of this wrapped up in a in a six foot one, one hundred eighty five pound frame. Uh, just an explosive athlete, just packed with dynamite all across his body. Man, the quick twitch on this kid throughout his body is incredible. Uh, just a tremendous athlete. And the the crazy thing is, is last season he played in in just five games because of you know the the COVID um, impacted season in, in the state of California. That was his first year starting as a quarterback. And so with just five games under his belt, uh, he's, he's been, uh, you know, he's been um, uh, competing in, in the camp circuit and he's made, he's made such a great impression with just five games under his belt that the industry views him as the number 19 quarterback in the country, just based on raw talent. Raw talent, dynamic ability, that's incredible. So, you know, you, you pick him up last month, huge. That's, you know, he, he became the guy. He became the guy uh, following his junior season where Utah just, you know, they had a previous quarterback commit, J.P. Zamora, who, you know, he's solid, he's good, but Utah just kind of fell in love with Nate Johnson. They knew he, he was going to be a good athlete. They offered him as an athlete initially, but they turned their focus to, uh, you know, towards him at the quarterback position, um, you know, this spring and ramped up the uh, the recruitment on him. And they were able to beat out, you know, programs like Michigan, UCLA, TCU, ASU, 
for his commitment. It was a big time win for Kyle McDonald, for Andy Ludwig, uh, and this Utah offense. That, you know, so you add your centerpiece to to the class, and anytime you can do that, that's a big win. Um, you know, a big momentum builder because you're going to have a guy to build around. That's, you know, he's now an added recruiter. And now the, the, the fact that he's one of the top, uh, he's approaching, you know, the top 250 kids in the class. He's currently 263 in the country. Um, that, that carries some weight with the top tier talent. So, um, you know, you land him. That's the most important thing. So you get your quarterback, right? What do they do? A week later, they add another quarterback. And it's just like, what in the world is happening? When was the last time Utah took two top flight quarterback talents and Brandon Rose and Nate Johnson now? Uh, I think, you know, Utah's kind of learned that. Um, well, I shouldn't say they've kind of learned, but they've proven that they're willing to put the eggs in multiple baskets at the quarterback position on the recruiting trail. And, uh, you know, they, uh, uh, so they're in good shape there with with the quarterback. They're going to bring in two talents next year. Brandon Rose is going to be an early enrollee. Nate Johnson won't enroll until next summer. But you add those two to the mix, um, you know that's a that's a fantastic uh, you know start to your class. And then you know you look at the receivers and Chad Bumpus. He's just been on the job uh, a couple months now. Um, the first two kids that he offered as the wide receiver coach at the university of Utah was one Zion Steptoe and two Adarius Harshaw. And, you know, he picks up both of those guys um, following, you know, official visits to Utah last month. So a great start to, you know, his career at Utah, his tenure at Utah as the receiver coach, uh, you add Steptoe who's, you know, he's that swagger, he's that confidence. He's, you know, he's going to be, you know, just just bringing the the good vibes to to the field and all of that, yeah. and that's he's got so much charisma. He does, right? Already. And like already, you know, he's already a fan favorite just based on his charisma alone, right? That's so impressive. Um, so you add him, you add a dynamic athlete and a Darius Harshaw, ten seven, um, one hundred meter time. But, you know, you watch his tape and his first 10 to 20 yards is so incredibly explosive. Um, just his acceleration is unreal. Um, so you, you're looking good, you know, offensively. In terms of like their batting average, you know, I would say, you know, Utah, they, you, the thing to keep in mind with recruiting is you're going to lose more than you win, right? Like you only have 25 spots per year and you're offering 100 kids um, sometimes upwards of 150, 200 kids, you're going to lose more than you win. Right. So um, I th that's always important to keep in mind, but honestly, like you look at you at who Utah has really kind of honed in on. Um, they brought in about 15 kids uh, for official visits last month and official visits are pretty telling because that's, that tells you that, these are guys that have significant interest in Utah, but that these are, these are also guys that Utah has a considerable amount of, of interest in as well. Um, you know, a couple of them have ended up elsewhere, you know, Colin Wright, Keith Olson, uh, Luca Vincic, um, Jack Velling is another guy. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's tough to see. Would like to see Utah be able to close on those guys a little bit more. But the thing to also keep in mind is, 
you know, this, this thing is, this cycle is far from over, right? You, we've still got till December and we've got till, till February, a lot can play out. And, and as we've learned with Utah, you know, they're going to continue to recruit their top targets. And so that ain't over till the fat lady sings and the fat lady is far from singing right now. And the fat lady is far from singing. If you're looking to find some extra action to use some Skittles on this summer as bet online is still the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. There's plenty of things to lay down some of those extra Skittles on right now, including MLB. The Olympics is in full swing. We still have a little bit left with the NBA. They have all sorts of prop bets available for the game tonight, if that's your interest. Also, there's all sorts of different bets with UFC MMA, uh, draft bets. Just need to go over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, bonuses, and contest information there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Now is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for the next run. The NFL will be starting soon. There are all sorts of good futures bets there. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. It's really easy. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On. Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back with more of my conversation with Steve Bartle here on the Locked On Utes podcast. We rejoin talking about how a baseball metaphor is kind of an apt comparison for recruiting. Well, and I, I use the baseball metaphor for a reason because right. it does feel like you're getting deep into, a, into the account with like a Jack Velling, for example, who's yeah. a tight end, a very coveted prospect. He's a great athlete. He's got a lot of size. He would slot into that Cole Fotheringham tight end position, right? He's an on-the-line guy. He's physical. He can block. Uh, by comparison, we, we've talked a lot here on the podcast about Logan Tanner, who is more the Brant Keithy style. I don't want to see him on the end of the line of scrimmage. I want him either out or you back him. You know, I want him to use that athleticism. He's great blocking in the open field. Um, and so it can feel like when a Velling, for example, chooses a different school, like that's a that's a major loss. And really it, what it is is it's a 14-pitch out, right? Yeah. Where it's like you've gone down the row for him. He's gotten you to the final three. And then, you know, you take your final swing and it's either a strike or a home run. And I think as a fan, if you're watching this, it can get real disgruntling early. But the reality is I I cannot remember Utah having this kind of a class in the summer ever. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, Brian. I think that's it's it's so encouraging. And it starts with the guy that we talked about, uh, Nate Johnson. Right. And, and just having him in the class, that's going to bring a ton of excitement because he is such um, just an underrated um kid, right? Like he's got just a ton of potential. Uh, and the, the, the thing is about Nate Johnson, you listen to him talk and he's just, he's such a humble kid. He's such a good fit for this program in terms well of just spoken, the culture. Intelligent, yeah. Just very composed, cool, calm demeanor. Like we talk about Zion being super, you know, charismatic and charming. And like he throws those pictures up and he's doing the high school picture with his, yeah, chin on his hands, and I'm I'm cracking up, you know, and he's in there dancing, uh, with with the coaches and whatnot. Like Nate is exactly what you want in a quarterback, man. He is just dead set, like even keeled, very well spoken. Like I said, he handled that interview with Huffy like a champ. That yeah. was a CBS Sports interview. That's a big deal. Yeah, you're going to be, you know, on TV. You're going to be on on video interview clips. 
uh, across the country, right? Like that's going to be viewed by hundreds of thousands of people. And, you know, he's, he's sitting there just cool and just going back and forth with Huff. And uh, it was really cool to see that. And I think what's interesting is, you know, he has a, uh, an incredible track. Um, ex- like his, his efforts on the track and field, um, are, are incredible. 10, four, 10, five, 100 meter times. He won the long jump competition. Um, like it makes all the sense in the world for him to, you know, finish his senior season, uh, by, by participating in track, but where's his focus. He's focused on playing quarterback at the next level. He's focused on, you know, all of my time between now and next summer is focusing on getting better as a quarterback. I want to be a quarterback at the next level. And that's, that's his mindset now. So it was really cool to hear him talk about that where he's, you know, he's not going to be worried about track. Uh, he's, he's solely focused on improving as a quarterback. So, you know, you get that guy and, and this is before even getting to another kid that we need to mention is, is Isaiah Moa, the in-state four-star kid, legacy kid, obviously the son of Ben Moa. Um, you know, you land him early in the process. That was such an important pickup for Utah because he is, you know, he comes from, obviously he's a Moa, Ben Moa's son. You know, that's a proud family. Um, and you get a kid like Isaiah who is very much like, Zion Steptoe, maybe not outwardly, not publicly as charismatic, but he's a kid where, you know, you get him on the field. He's, he's that dude that you want to play with. Right. And just a a very charismatic guy with his boys and, and he's going to be an important part of this class. Uh, So, you know, you add him, you look at this class and it's, it's, it's what you, you really want to see, you know, you've got the quarterbacks, um, You've got the in-state kid in, in Moa. You've got Chad Bumpfist winning early and winning with kids that he wanted. And then you've obviously got the Scally special with Jeffrey Hugo, you know, another just heavy hitter, uh, dynamo safety uh, with, with some real promise. So uh, right now, you know, Utah's doing really, really well. There have been misses, but they've, they've done really well with the guys that they've secured. There's still a couple more that uh, could potentially commit between now and, and the end of summer. And so, um, you know, Utah's Utah's sitting pretty right now. They really are. And I think that's the important part to keep in mind because it can feel like sometimes it does feel like there's an early rush with a lot of guys to get committed right now and, and, and to pick a school. But at the same time, we're seeing the Jalen Glovers and the Cody Hagans of the world saying, no, I'm going to take my time with this one. I'm going to stretch that process out a little bit. And I really do think that, especially for a kid like Glover or Cody Hagan, where it's a local kid that everybody is starting is going to hear a lot about, let's, let's be honest, once fall hits and Corner Canyon starts rolling out that passing attack, uh, he and the USC quarterback, that was Devin Brown? Devin Brown, Devin yeah. Brown. They're going to connect on a lot of touchdowns. They're just, you know, sorry, Jackson, your your record might not last that long. Uh, we'll see. But uh, I think those kind of kids that are going to, you know, lengthen out their recruiting process, that's going to play into Utah's advantage too. And, and you've got to think from that perspective. Like, to get what you have this early on is such a monumental win for Utah. Um, that being said, you talked a little bit about building this class. I understand how Utah goes about building classes. I don't need to new, learn more about that. And most people who have followed us have likely heard us talk about it. What I want to hear about is how would you build this class? Because we know it's going to be a little bit smaller. We know that you're going to be a little limited with scholarship offers because of all the carryover from the the, the COVID freeze year, I guess we can call it. 
So if Steve Bartle was in charge of building this class as a recruiter, how would you go about doing that? Well, uh, so, uh, you know, the, the important thing here is to, it, is to keep in mind just the impact of this COVID, COVID freeze, this scholarship, this um, uh, eligibility the freeze. Crunch? The COVID crunch. That sounds like um, a great breakfast theory. Have tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the COVID crunch. <laughs> not guaranteed to not get you sick, but... Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> delightful anyways. Um, but, like the you know, opposite of Captain Crunch, right? <laughs> <laughs> what you find at Winco at like two in the morning, you're like, COVID Crunch, is that a misprint? It's it's the dollar store Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So back to this. So to building the class, right? I think the impact of that that eligibility freeze, the COVID crunch is just, it's, it's crazy. So you look at the scholarship distribution, you've got three classes that are essentially freshmen. Um, you've got the 2019 kids. So think like Makai Bernard, he's going to be a third year freshman, right? You've got him with Ricky parks coming in. You've got Charlie Vincent in there. You've got three freshmen running backs. You know, you go to um, offensive tackle, where you've got Luke Felix Fualalu, uh, Falcon Kamatule, you've got Jaron Kump in there, you've got um, Zeraway Williams coming in this cycle as well. So, it, you know, some positions are really loaded with freshmen, with sophomore, with a lot of young guys. You know, that offensive line, if you look throughout the offensive line, you're really loaded, um, you know, at those, at those spots. I think Utah's currently carrying, I think, 16 offensive 17 offensive linemen, I believe right now, um, which is, you know, most programs typically carry about 15 to 16. So, you know, you're, you're pretty loaded up um, on offensive guys. linemen, scholarship yeah, guys. Because right. You're always going to want a few walk-ons to fill in here and there and on, uh, uh, you know, scout team and whatnot, all that kind of stuff. But sorry, I'm 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 interrupting. Continue. No, no, it's it's. I'm glad. Thank you for for clarifying that. Um, and then you know something else to consider is that you know Utah's taken missionaries in the past, and you know there's going to be another one joining the program here soon in Sioni Baki. Uh, you've got another um, missionary that will return, I believe, for the 2023 class in Selatoa Moyai, who is a four-star uh, offensive tackle. We had him as a four-star. Um, and so, you know, you've got to factor in those guys as well into how you're going about building this class. Um, so, you know, the interesting thing is the transfer portal, the, the COVID crunch has really kind of impacted this 2022 recruiting cycle. It is going to be a smaller class. Um, and with what Utah has done um, in the transfer portal uh, with the guys that they've brought in this summer, you know, a guy like Tavion Thomas, uh, Manir McLean, um, you know, and then they've, they're bringing in another guy that was uh, essentially a, a blue shirt offer in Bryson Reeves, who's a tremendous athlete. Um, you know, he's his scholarship while he's joining the team, you know, this year, like a 2022 or a 2021 recruit, his scholarship is going to count towards the 2022 allotment. So, you know, there are some, some un, not typical, not traditional things that are going to count against this class, which makes it a smaller class and why we talk about it in that manner. And so, you know, you got to look at, at what they've done so far. And I really like what they've done 
specifically at quarterback. You know, we we're you've got Charlie Brewer, who's the the lone senior on the roster. I you know I think for the most part the expectation is that Charlie Brewer you know is is probably going to be the guy this season. Uh, he's got the experience under his belt, and we'll talk about more talk about that more probably later on. But um, but next year, you know, he's he's no longer going to be here. You know, most likely there are crazy things that happen, but most likely he's not going to be here next year. And so you bring in two quarterbacks that adds to your talent pool, um, you know, for the competition next summer which is, it's going to be exciting, right? You've got Cameron rising. Um, at least the expectation is you're going to have Cameron rising, Peter Costelli, Jaquinda Jackson, Nate Johnson, and now Brandon Rose, all five of those guys competing. Um, you know, that's, that's awesome. So you add talent to that competition. That's great. Um, you know, you've got guys uh, in, in two receivers in, in Harshon Steptoe, uh, you're going to need those guys. You're going to need some some talent. I wouldn't be surprised to see Utah continue to push for added talent. You mentioned Cody Hagan. He's arguably the top target for Utah. Uh, he's a kid that they really like. He's exactly what they need in many ways, um, just with his athleticism, his size, the competitive streak with which he plays, you know, competing for playing for Corner Canyon and competing at a high level year in and year out throughout his career, um, winning state championships like that's that's a big deal. You know, he's a multi-sport athlete as well, which is also a big deal. So um, Cody Hagan is going to be a guy that I'm going to spend a lot of time with and, and spend a lot of our efforts on, um, you know, and then it's just kind of like you're, you're taking minimal, minimal numbers um, at, at other positions. They're just not really a big position of need this cycle um, outside of maybe defensive end, um, which is, which is interesting, but you know, you're, you've got Mika Tufua, you've got Maxis Tupai, both of whom are going to probably move on um, after this year. You know, if Mika has the year that we all kind of expect him to, um, I would be surprised if he's back in, in the crimson uh, next summer, you know, I fully expect him to kind of move on. So he um, be gone. Like, he should be like the off season workouts, everything we've seen, uh, everything I saw from him last year. Like there's very, very little doubt in my mind that he's going to regress or not perform the way that we expect him to. I would expect mm -hmm. a season on par with what Bradley and I had his last year. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And so, you know, that's probably going to draw a lot of interest at the NFL level. Um, so, you know, you're, you're going to have to, be a little bit active at the defensive end position and try to bring in some guys, you know, you've got a, a kid in Isaiah Moa that could potentially be one of those guys. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's probably the one position that uh, is probably the biggest need moving forward. Um, but, you know, you just, you, you, the way that I would go about building this class, I would kind of look at it like I'm trying to save some spots for the 2023 class because this scholarship crunch you kind of have you have to really start to even out the scholarship distribution um and so if you can preserve some spots from this 2022 cycle you know and and save some spots for the next cycle where you can bring guys in early and count them towards the year earlier that would be a big big deal for me um, that would be a big focus for me at least. So, you know, you're going to bring in a class this year of maybe 15 kids, somewhere around there. Um, 
and then, you know, see what happens. But for the most part, it's going to be minimal numbers um, in terms of needs. Uh, and, and they've done a good job of hitting those numbers at certain spots, quarterback and wide receiver so far already. We want to help you make sure that your car is all ready to go as well. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you might need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning from that goofy-looking guy behind the counter and wait while that guy has to break open the book just to figure out what you need when you could go to rockauto.com and get the parts that you need for your car right away and make sure that you get the right model as well. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. You spend 30, 50, even 100% less for the same parts at rockauto.com that you would spend at a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. I had one the other day where I needed to get some new headlamps, replace mine on my car, super easy. Five days, it's here, sitting on my doorstep, waiting for me when I get home. It's perfect. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, that's rockauto.com. Expanding on that a little bit with the way that they're tracking and also how I would do it, or I'm sure you would do it as well. Right now, like you're in a good spot because you've gotten your dudes. So you've really gotten the, the kind of nuts and bolts of this class secured. You can wait it out a little bit here because there's going to be a lot of late bloomers in this class that we didn't get a, either didn't get a chance to play last year or played in the spring in Cali or didn't get out to the camp circuits because of the whole COVID. We're just going to call all of it the COVID crunch. It's the worst breakfast yeah. we've ever had. But we're still <laughs> It's awful. Spoonful still still throwing up. It's awful. <laughs> but <laughs> there's going to be a lot of late bloomers, and Utah's going to be yeah. in a really, really good spot to get those kids because they have the, the – they have that that base your foundation secure and and like you made a really good point of how how good it is to get Nate Johnson right because yeah if you want to go get another wide receiver or two like you know say that Cody Hagan does decide to go somewhere else or 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 whatever something happens and you want to go get another wide receiver or two who's not going to want to go play with Nate Johnson oh you run a four five forty guess what we've got a quarterback who can throw it seventy five yards go get it <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, you know, you can also show them the, the film on Brandon Rose where, you know, if, if you're a wide receiver that, you know, you like to see a quarterback that stands there in the pocket and um, yeah, you know, like That's this dude, Moxie. dude, like this dude can, can throw it across the yard, right? Like yeah. that's what this kid is, is Brandon Rose. So, you know, Utah's, uh, they're really they're situated really well at the quarterback spot in this class, and it's going to benefit them, you know, down the road. Um, especially, especially if if this offense for Utah football can can kind of perform early on in the season, um, specifically in the passing game, it's going to benefit them um, on the recruiting trail this year. I think uh, so. That's going to that's going to be something to to keep in mind this season. Um, 
So, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And then also, you know, you've got the transfer portal um, there as well. And with the scholarship crunch, there's likely going to be some guys that enter the portal that, Hey, like we, we made a run at this guy in the last sat in the last cycle, we missed out. We really like his game. Everything checks out. Let's go after him in the portal. You know, you're, you're saving some of those spots for those guys as well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's crazy to talk about what could happen in this class. Um, but overall, you know, you have to really like what Utah has done, um, both in the guys that they brought into the program this summer, you know, in terms of the transfer guys, it's shown us that they can, you know, bring in some dudes through the transfer portal. Um, and so if, if this is going to be a small class, you should still feel, you know, feel very confident in the staff that they're going to bring in as much talent as possible year in and year out, whether it be from the recruiting trail or the transfer portal, the staff has really kind of hit their stride in both, both facets of, you know, talent, um, uh, you know, acquiring talent. Yeah. And I, you made a good point that like, this is all going to transfer into what actually will become a full season of football. We're going to continue our conversation with Steve tomorrow, as we'll talk about the expectations for the team for the upcoming season, discuss a little bit about the quarterback situation, break down the roster, some, including some discussion about leadership within the different groups, and maybe talk about a position group that not everyone is looking at, but could have every bit as much an impact on the season as the one that everybody is looking at the offensive line that'll be coming up tomorrow on locked on Utes. this has been the locked on Utes podcast for july 20th 2021 thank you as always for tuning in and we'll talk to you more tomorrow <laughs>